the strength and power of a Christian. The strength and power of a Christian. At the crossover nights, we spoke about the victorious life. And in there, we saw how Apostle Paul introduced us to a particular aspect of our lives as Christians. He introduced us to the Christian warfare. The Christian warfare and how important it is. And he further went to talk about the spiritual realm and the activities of the devil in the spiritual realm. He says that there are principalities, there are powers, there are rulers of darkness of this age, and there are spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. All these things unseen. So, Apostle Paul introduced us to that, and he says that as Christians, we must pay attention to these things and not be oblivious about them. Not act like, oh, they don't exist because we can't see them with our physical eyes. If you look at the many of the problems that we see today in the physical, many of the problems we are faced with today in the physical have their roots in the spiritual. Have their roots in the spiritual. So by the time you see things begin to happen on the surface, oh, it has been, it has been concluded <laughs> in the spiritual. So Apostle Paul opened our eyes to this and brings us to the fact that the fight for our faith is actually, it's, it's more difficult in the times we are in right now. Yes. In the times we're in, what, what year is this, 2024? The fight for our faith is more difficult because we are bombarded with so many things. Bombarded with information here and there. Bombarded with the media. You're walking down the streets. You're seeing things you shouldn't be seeing. You open your email just on your own. And then something just pops up. You know, it's like you are just bombarded. So he's saying that it's even in the times we're in right now, it's more what? More difficult. Then it says that he wants us to understand that the Christian life is not a life of ease. Rather, it is a life of battle, of warfare, and wrestling. It is not a life of what? Of ease. Rather, it is a life of battle, of warfare, and wrestling. If you look at the New Testament and you read the Gospels, look at the life of Jesus. And you can see that the life of Jesus was not an easy life. No. He was arrested. He felt pain. He was persecuted. They, they, they did several things to him. But in the end, he had victory. And you may say to yourself, okay, you know what? If this Christian life is not an easy life, if it's a life of battles, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. So let me just stay on the other side. Let me just remain in the world. Well, newsflash. The world also is a life of battles and warfare and wrestling. As a matter of fact, in the world, 
you are under the rulership of the rulers of darkness of this age. So you are contending with them and you are not guaranteed victory. But in Jesus, where we may be going through these battles and wrestling because we are in him and he already has victory, we are guaranteed victory in every battle. In every battle. So the Christian life may not be a life of ease. It may be a life of battle and warfare and wrestling. But we are guaranteed victory. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 11. We're going to stay a lot on the scripture. Ephesians 6, 10 to 11 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the old armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And it says, put on the old armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Here, Apostle Paul shows us <laughs> the solutions before he even mentions the problem. He says, be, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Okay. He says then, put on the old armor of God. Okay, why, why do we need all these things? He said, because. So you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So you may be able to stand against the tricks, the deceits, the lies, the charms of the devil. Three elements in here. Number one, it says, be strong in the Lord, that is one. And in the power of his might. That's another thing. And then number three, it says, put on the all armor of God. Put on the all armor of God. So you cannot say, as a matter of fact, there are people who would say, you know what? I am strong in the Lord. I am I, resting in God. God is my strength. Is my power. I leave everything to him to fight all my battles, which is right. But in doing that, they now fail to put on the old armor of God. And there are some other people who would also put on the old armor of God. Oh, the shield of faith, the belt of um, truth, the, the um, breastplate of righteousness. Put on everything ready for war. But they are dependent on their own strength and power. Neglecting the strength. And the power of God. So Apostle Paul is saying that you need everything going hand in hand all at the same time. For you to live a victorious life. You need the strength of God. You need the power of God. You need the all armor of God to live a life of all around victory. So what exactly does this mean? Be strong in the Lord. What exactly does that mean? Does it mean we go around chanting it and singing it? It means you need strength and power in the evil days we are in to stand against the devil. You need strength and power in the evil days we are in to stand against the devil. The days we are in now are very, very evil. 
Very evil. People killing each other anyhow. Hatred. In places where you would not even expect. Hatred. Among family members, among couples. Hatred. Blackmail. Lies. Wars. Rumors of wars. People not even thinking at all about their neighbors. Very evil world. Bitterness. Bitterness. People are upset because you're progressing. People are upset because you're advancing. They're not happy. They were not part of your advancements. But because it isn't happening to them, they are bitter against you. What? Very evil world. Confusion in places. Confusion in industries. Confusion in the government. Confusion in the church. In the church. Lies. Different doctrines. So you need the strength of the Lord and his power to survive the evil days we are in. The devil is very busy, let me tell you. Oh, he's very busy. He's going to and fro. You must be able to stand against him. We need to be strong to avoid moral failures. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he does what? Lest he fall. There are Temptations everywhere. Temptations everywhere. At work, people are there tempting you with seductive spirits. You know, these days, people don't even hide them anymore. Like, they let you know, this is what I'm trying to do. (laughs) You, you, You love money so much, you are now at a point where you are actually worshipping money without knowing it. You worship it. And, and how, how do you know that? You would never do anything for anyone unless you're paid for it. Your chance is my time is money. My time is money. My time is money. My time is money. <laughs> Did God charge you for the time he used in creating you? My, char- my time is money. How do you know? Ask yourself, when was the last time you gave? Ask yourself, when was the last time you reached out? Ah, be careful. Take heed. Lest you do what? Lest you fall. Lest you fall. Now that you've made a decision that you know what? I, I, I'm, 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 I'm stepping away from some things. I'm not going to certain places anymore. I'm not listening to certain things anymore. I'm not hanging out in these places with my friends anymore. That's when you now begin to see them. They, they will post pictures. They will post the things you missed. They will post it. They will tag you. <laughs> they will post it and tag you. You will see it and then, ah, ah. Why didn't you go when before I made this decision? Why are they going after I made this decision? Making you feel like you're missing out. Meanwhile, you are being saved and missing out on nothing. There are temptations everywhere. Take heed, 
Lest you do what? Lest you fall. Proverbs 24 verse 16. Proverbs 24 16 says, For a righteous man may fall seven times <laughs> and rise again, but the wicked shall fall into calamity. I like that. It says the righteous man may fall, but the wicked shall do what? He shall fall. He shall fall. <laughs> righteous man may fall, but he would always rise up again. You know why? Because of the abundance of the grace of God. Because of what? The abundance of the grace of God. The enemy would always launch attacks. He would always launch attacks. The first man that God created, Adam, was there with God. No disturbance. Just him. Nice, cool, fresh hair. No, nothing in the air. Just, he had everything. God would come. They would commune together. He would fellowship with God. He was the first to fall. He was the first to fall. Of everything to fall with um, food. Just the fruit. Just the fruit. He was the first to do what? To fall. To fall. Many of the prophets in the scriptures, they fell. Many kings, they fell. Patriarchs, they fell. They fell. Those who are righteous, they may fall. Ask yourself, ever since you gave your life to Jesus, you want to tell me you've never sinned, never failed, never fallen? You can't say that. You can't say that. But it takes the grace and the strength of God to continue to stand. Do not think it is easy and it's something you can do in your own strength. No, you cannot. <laughs> no, you what? No, you cannot. It takes the grace and the strength of God to what? To stand. Now, there is something you must also understand when it comes to falling. You know, for example, when someone falls out there, person is going and the person falls flat on the floor. You know, when we all see the person, what we would do? We try to, you know, help them get up. But by the time the person gets up, it's very likely that they will be bruised somewhere. Maybe in their hands or their legs. And the person would leave, you know, with pain, leave with maybe embarrassed, you know, they live with that bruise, which will now turn into a scar at some point. They found, they found grace. We were able to get them up to continue. Now, following Sunday, same person, you know, sees this ditch again, just goes over it and falls. What do we do? We help them get up, right? So they continue. But they will have more bruises, right? And then, you know, those, they will now start having scars. Third Sunday, same thing. Fourth Sunday, same thing. Fifth Sunday, same thing. Guess what? No matter the amount of times in which the person falls, we won't just go past the person. We will help them up. That's the beauty about the abundance of God's grace, which would always win over sin. But guess what? the person will be left with a lot of scars. As a matter of fact, it will be difficult for us to trust the person. 
like, bro, this, <laughs> this pit is always here. Are you the only one in this church that never sees it? You know, you're always going there. If the person wants to give an advice on directions, you say, sir, but the, the small direction, <laughs> you know, you, even the little one you're meant to see for yourself, you can't see it. So, we may not condemn the person, but it'll be difficult for us to trust the person. And guess what now begins to happen? If the person is married, we'll see the wife and say, ah, that's the wife of the man. <laughs> that's the wife of the man that is always what? Always falling. We see the children and we say, ah, those are the children. You don't know that man. Those are the children of the man that is always what? Falling. That's the thing about you falling. So, Apostle Paul says, so we because the grace of the Lord abounds, which continue to fall? No. No. You are messing yourself up the more. Yes, you will get up, but time will be have been wasted. Yes, you will get up, but you will not be trusted by people. Yes, you will get up, but opportunities will have been missed. Receive the strength to stand in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive the strength to stand in the mighty name of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit will keep telling you, each time you fall, he will tell you, oh, come on, let me, let me help you. This is how you do it. He will be walking in you. This is how you do it. Okay, when you go outside this time around, slow down. Take you know, your steps gently. He, he, he will be talking to you. Oh, when you go out this time around, slow down. You know, we just finished the night service. Take off your shades. Don't wear that. It's an evening service. That's, so as you yield, he continues to walk in you and make you better and make you better and make you better and make you better until you get to a point where you know what? You can what? Just you stand. Stand. So let's not mix up the grace of God for a permission to keep sinning and falling. No. No. We are all ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. We are not isolated, isolated individuals, but part of the army and body of Christ. Meaning we represent Christ wherever we go. Modeling the work and the character of Jesus. So whenever we do anything out there, guess what? It also involves Christ. Because we are citizens of what? Of heaven. Ambassadors of Christ. We must identify our weakness. We must do a self-examination to identify the elements of our weakness. We need to convince ourselves of our weaknesses. If you have more than one. Apostle Paul, he had this thing that he called a thorn in his flesh. He had this thing he called a what? A thorn in his flesh. And he had prayed to God about it. He prayed the first time. The Lord didn't do anything about it. He prayed the second time. He, he remained there. He prayed the third time. He said, three times I've prayed to God to remove this thing. And then the Lord now answered him. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest 
upon me. <laughs> when you surrender your weakness to God, his power is made perfect in it. When you surrender your weakness to God, his power is made what? Perfect in it. For example, you could be, that could be, you know, you could see a blind pastor. A pastor who is blind. And he keeps praying to God year after year. Lord, heal me of this blindness. Lord, I want to see. Lord, I want to see. And he can also get to a point where he says, Lord, make your strength revealed even in this my weakness. Make your strength revealed even in this my what's my weakness. I remember growing up, um, I went to Christ Apostolic Church, CAC. I grew up in CAC. And um, there's one prominent pastor in the CAC um, denomination. He's blind. He's blind. Some of you may know him if you grew up in CAC. Oh, the Lord walked wonders through this man. The Lord walked wonders through this man. Blind. Couldn't see. You know, Moses, when the Lord was going to send him to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, he told God that, I have a speech impediment. I stutter, you know. How would you use me to bring a whole nation out of another nation? How would you use me? And then I love a, the response that the Lord gave him. Exodus 4 verse, verse 12, if you have that. In Exodus 4, verse 12, the Lord responded to Moses and he says that, Now therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth. <laughs> and teach you what you shall say. I will be with what? Your mouth. Not you now, but that weakness that you have. I will be with it and I will become your strength in it. So when you show up before the king, you might be saying one word two times or three different times. What is hearing is just once. You might be repeating your sentences three times, four times, five times. What people are hearing is just, just one. They are hearing you clearly. They are hearing you perfectly because you've surrendered that weakness to God. And now he has become what? Your strength. I would be with your mouth, with that weakness. Jeremiah told God, God wanted to send him to Jerusalem. <laughs> he told God, he said, I'm a youth. I'm a youth. He says, Lord, I also stutter. I don't know why they're always all stuttering. I think that's the answer to always give God. <laughs> I'm a youth and I stutter. And the Lord responded to him. If you read Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 8, in there the Lord gave him a response also. He says, do not be afraid. Don't look at their faces. Jeremiah 1 verse 8. Do not be afraid of their faces. For what? I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. I am with you. He is our strength even in our weaknesses. He is our what? Our strength. I'm telling you, my weakness, one of the biggest weaknesses I have is standing before a crowd. Standing before a crowd. It is only done when I'm here on a pulpit. I am, I can be very shy as a person. I mean, those close to me, they won't tell you that because I'm comfortable with them. So I may not be shy with those who are close to me. 
I can be very shy as a person. I don't do public speaking. I don't do, if he has public before it, I, I don't do it. I never did a presentation. I will find a way to escape. During my grad school, my master's, during my doctoral, I would find a way to what to escape it. So what you see me doing now, this is the strength of God walking through my weakness. Walking through my weakness. So looking at you now and everything, put me here on another day, I will be stuttering. <laughs> there are people who have impairments and you see the Lord use them mightily. Please, let me tell you this today. Do not write yourself off. Do not write yourself off. God did not design you for you to be the one to help yourself. He designed you for him to be the one to help you. I will look up to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the one who made heavens and earth. Psalms 121 verse 1 to 2. The Lord is your helper. So no matter what that weakness is, no matter what that thing is that keeps making you think you are ineffective, yield it unto God and let him be your strength in it. Let him be your strength in it. Let the Holy Spirit help you. Let the Holy Spirit do what? Help you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I mentioned this yesterday. Was it yesterday or uh, Friday? When we spoke about the God of possibilities, you may be here and you have some dreams, you have visions, you have things you've written that the Lord wants to do through you, but you put them on the shelf. You know why? Because you look at your capacity, you look at your abilities, and they do not match what the Lord has given you. So because of that, you just say, you know what, this is, <laughs> this is a vision for, you know, maybe my children's children, but not me, and you just left it. It's time for you to pick it up dust it off and let God walk through you. Let God walk through you. God is not a liar. He's not done with you yet. Don't let anyone tell you that your time has gone. They are not the makers and controllers of time. They are not. Blessed be the Lord of heaven and earth. He says that he changes times and seasons. God changes times and what and seasons and in the name of Jesus I pray over you that in your favor it will change times in your favor it will change seasons in the mighty name of Jesus so God is saying come close and let him be your strength even in weakness let him be your strength even in weakness thank you Jesus we are all being watched we are all being what? Being watched. I'm not talking about spy cams and satellites and things like that, no. <laughs> but people around us are watching us. People you don't know, people you can't see, they are watching us. In a world full of fear, for some reason you are calm. In a world or at work when there is so much confusion, for some reason you just have clarity. In knowing what to do. When everyone is afraid, you have peace. When everyone is upset, you are excited. 
and everyone is just agitated, you have joy. And people are watching. As they are watching, they are wondering what your secret is. What's it about you? What is it? What about you? I believe that we're in a season where God is raising many evangelists. Yes. We're in a season where God is raising what? Many evangelists. People who will stand no matter what the environment and no matter what the world is saying. People who will what? Stand. Who will stand. And what God will begin to do is God will begin to push these people. He will push them your way. Oh, yes. He will push them your way. At work, he will push them your way. In your family, he will push them your way. You'll see someone in your neighborhood just, you know, say hello to you. They've been, they've been watching you. They've been watching you. You, you, you didn't know. But they've just been watching. And all of a sudden, they say hello. Now, don't just say hi and just go, ah, no. No, I'm an evangelist. For me, hello is enough. Oh, yeah, hello is enough. Oh, hello. Ah, hi, how are you? You live in this neighborhood? Oh, wow. No, for how long? When did you move here? Oh, tell me about it. You know, I know sometimes they have some, some gist. Ah, oh, yeah, it's, it's okay. See, see that, that one, avoid that person. You know, <laughs> oh, we do this, we do that. They begin to tell you some things. You talk, oh, you have kids, you have this and that. Oh, then you, you just talk. There's a question I always ask. I always ask this. I'm never afraid to ask this. I would say, are you a person of faith? I mean, like, do you go to church? Or once I say that, they get it. You know, and sometimes it shakes them. You know, but hey, I mean, if it shakes you or not, just just catch it and just answer it. You know, <laughs> it's a and and I will get answers. I can get oh yes I do. You know, or oh no, no I don't. You know, someone I still did it recently. Someone said oh yes I do when I go home. And I'm like hmm. Oh so uh, where, where is home? Um, when I go home in to uh, Florida. So but well, how about while you're here? They don't have a place. They don't have a place. That's my opening. That's my opening. That's my opening. Oh, well, you know, I go, you know, I go to church on Sundays. I go to a particular place. If you don't mind, I'd like to invite you. If you don't mind, I'd like to invite you. See, in those moments, you think you are the one speaking. No, it's the Spirit of God in you speaking through you. So your words are not ordinary. That's, why people, that's what people must understand about evangelism. Your words are not ordinary. You are working for God in that moment. So you say, you know, I would like to invite you to my church. Well, I can pick you up, if you don't mind. Next Sunday, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Whether they are shy or not, it doesn't matter to you. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. And then you bring them. And the word they are hearing that day is the exact thing that they need in their lives. God is raising evangelists in this season. The reason why through it all, you are able to stand is so it can lead many people to you and you can now lead them back to him to be saved to be saved second timothy chapter 2 verse 24 it says that and a servant of the lord must not quarrel but be gentle to all able to teach patient in humility correcting those who are in opposition if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses 
and escaped the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Many people need to come to their senses. Many people need to be free from the snare and the entrapment of the enemy. And God is saying he wants to use you and I for that. So it's time for you to invite, you had our vision, to invite people to come. To invite people to come, start with those who are closest to you. Your husband, your wife, your children, your siblings, your friends. It is time to begin to invite, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. It's time to invite them to come. Be desperate about it. Be intentional about it. If you have to pick them up, go ahead and pick them up. If you have to wake up earlier, go ahead and wake up earlier. Be intentional. If they don't want to come to church yet, take them to your connect group. That's why you must be part of a group. Take them home. Take them to a place. Let them meet, you know, meet friends, meet other believers as yourself. Bring them to church. Sit with them. Follow up with them. Be intentional in reaching souls for Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lastly, I will talk about the other part of Ephesians 6 verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And in the power of what? Of his might. You must understand that these are two different things. Power and might. You know, we have it in so many songs, you know. Power and might be unto the Lord forever. And we, we love power. And might. But there are two different things. What is might? Might is a man's inherent strength. Might is a man's inherent strength. It's inborn. It's on the inside. You know, you see someone who is muscular. And you can tell that this person has strength. This person can carry certain things. Based on what you see. Okay, you know, whenever you see those who are, um, what, do, what do they call them? Um, you know, bodybuilders, weightlifters, you see, you see the strength. It's inherent. That, that's might. That's what is on, on the inside of them. Now, what is power? Power is the manifestation of might. Power is the display of might. Power is what I'm able to do because of what is on the inside of me. So, you see this person with a lot of muscle. Yes, he has might in him. He's made up of certain things. But when you now see him carry 50 kg or 100 pounds, that's a display of power based on the might that is in him. And if you go to Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, Colossians 2 verse 9 says, For in him, that's in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Christ, everything, everything that makes up God the Father, God the Son himself, God the Holy Spirit, dwells in him. That is might. The word also says, if you go up to verse 3, in Colossians chapter 2, it says, In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. These are the things that make up Christ. These are the things that do what? That make up Christ in him. So we can see him 
exercise is power. So now, where do I see strength? Where do I see strength? I see strength in the life of Jesus. I see strength in the life of Jesus. The one who knew no sin and became sin for you and I. I see strength in his life. I see someone who came and became flesh. Someone who knows what it means to be hungry. Someone who knows what it means to be thirsty. Someone who knows what it means to be rejected. Someone who knows what it means to be disappointed. Someone who knows what it means to be betrayed, to be arrested, to, 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 to what it means to feel pain. I see strength in the life of Jesus. And even through all of those things, he continues to stand. He was immovable. He did not compromise his faith. He did not fail. He did not fall. Where do I look to find power? I also see power in the life of Jesus. I see power in how he healed the sick. I see power in how he raised the dead. I see power in how he made the blind to see. In how he made the deaf to hear. I see power in how he cast out demons. I see power in how he showed mercy. In how he forgave. In how he extended grace. I see power in Jesus. In how he made the impossible possible. Not just strength. But also power. So what does this mean for you and I? Because we are in Christ Jesus. The same strength that he has. The same power that he has. We also have such as well. So because we are alive in him. Guess what that means? It means we also have the strength to stand. Whenever we go through pain. We also have the strength to stand. Whenever we go through temptation. We also have the strength to stand. We also have the strength to do what? To stand. Because we have that strength and power, it means that we also have the power in the name of Jesus to heal the sick. We also have the power to forgive. We also have the power to extend grace. We also have the power to declare a thing and it shall be what? Established. We have the power to forgive one another. We have the power to make the impossible possible, we have the power to cast out demons. And I pray over you in the name of Jesus that the strength and the power of the Lord will rest upon you as you go through this year. It will be all round victory for you this year. You will not fail. You will not fall. You will not be tired. In the name of Jesus, the Lord will continue to walk wonders through you. The Lord will continue to use you for amazing things. It will continue to lift your head. It will continue to be your helper in the mighty name of Jesus. Through you, many people will come to know Jesus. Through you, lives will be saved. Lives will be impacted in the name of Jesus. It is well with you. In Jesus' name we pray.